Hello and welcome. The Setting Apart podcast is a pit stop where you can get nourished, encouraged, and refreshed whenever you need a break. I'm your host, IP, and every episode I get to share my stories, my outlook, my reflections on all things inspired through the lens of faith. So grab yourself a coffee, sit back, relax, and chill. In this episode, I'm going to share three near-death experiences of mine. But first, let me give thanks to you, my listeners. You know, at this stage of the game, most, if not all of you, are people I know. Even if you are friends of my friends, consider yourself my friends. I want to take the first opportunity to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. And for those who are here for the first time, a big hello and welcome. You know, to date, the Setting Apart podcast has reached out from Singapore to Hong Kong, Malaysia, Australia, Indonesia, and the region, crossing the pond to the United States, Canada, and all the way to the United Kingdom, France, and even Spain. And these are the places where I have multiple downloads for the podcast. I am truly humbled and grateful for your support. If my reflection or testimony touches you or resonates with any one of you in any which way, please continue to share the podcast with as many people as possible so that they too may be touched by the Word of God and be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I've received some wonderful life-giving messages from you, and each and every one of them means so much to me. I cannot express my gratitude in words. What I'd like to do, though, is to share a couple of them with you. First, I'd like to share a very special message from a special friend of mine, um, and that is from Sabina of Singapore. It is very special because it is the very first testimony received for the podcast, and it reads as follows. Wow, it says, it's incredible how much you have moved me and I'm sure will inspire and move others as well. You are truly a disciple selected by God to help all to know him better. And for those who have yet to know him, will definitely be drawn by your words and quotes from the scriptures to get to know him. God bless you abundantly and pray that your message will spread far and wide. Again, that's Sabina from Singapore. Sabina, by the way, is one of the regulars from my small Bible sharing group in my parish. And my dear Sabina, you know what? You had me at wow. So touched by your kind words and support. Thank you so much for that. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, really, I think everyone here is a disciple of Christ, especially when I have quoted so many verses from Scripture and the CCC in the introduction. I mean, you've got to be his disciple to keep coming back for more, right? <laughs> and praise God for that. And for more testimonies, please feel free to check out my website, uh, which is, if you don't know it by now, is settingapart.com. Setting apart is one word, settingapart.com. Now, if you would like to leave any comments, feedback, or if you have your own encounters or testimonies that you would like to share, again, I would encourage you to leave them on my website under the contact page and submit the get in touch form that's on there. Okay. Now, there's another feedback I would like to share, and it will kind of lead us into today's episode. Now, this one comes all the way from Nick in Canada. 
And it reads as follows. Thanks for the reminder of the role uh, prayer should play in our daily lives. I was thinking maybe in a future episode, you can dive into your personal daily devotional and prayer time. I know lots of people struggle with the practical aspects of how do we go about praying. For example, best time of the day, how long should I do it for, resources to help us know what to pray for, etc. Uh, Nick, by the way, uh, is a high school buddy of mine <laughs> since primary school, who has now made a home overseas, I suppose. I have also reconnected with um, a couple of other old boys like Nick through the podcast. What a gift. Thank you, Nick, um, again for a great comment and suggestion. First, let me say this. You are the embodiment of the Setting Apart podcast. Why did I say that? Because while acquiring our head knowledge in faith is an important first step, Applying it in our daily lives is the crucial second step, right? Nothing can strengthen our faith more deeply than a personal encounter with Christ. You know, the parable of the soil and the seed comes to mind with the different types of soil, you know, bringing in about very different harvests for the picking from the seeds. We can think of um, the seeds as the Word of God. And if they land on fertile soil, it will bear fruit abundantly, right? But if they land on rocky grounds, then they might sprout at first, but eventually they will wither and die due to a lack of foundation, right? And so second prayer in my mind is definitely a mission-critical step in having a relationship with Christ. Now, let me say that there are many different ways to pray, and um, there are many different forms of prayer. So Jesus, for example, taught his disciples how to pray the Lord's Prayer as we know it. And we have the rosary for Catholics, for example, just to name a couple. So there is no one way to pray, really. But the important point is that we do make an effort to pray. And since God, as we know it, will always come to meet us wherever and whenever we are, we just need to initiate the meeting and God I believe we'll do the rest. So personally, you know, I pray the Lord's Prayer and the Rosary whenever I can during the course of the day. And since they're easy to pray to, and since you know the season of Lent leading up to the Easter season currently, I try to say the Shema every day. Shema is the Hebrew word for listen or hear, which is the first word of the first commandment in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four to six. And it reads as follows. Hear, O Israel, or listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, which I command you this day, shall be upon your heart. Unquote. So the Shema is a Jewish tradition where children of the Israelites would recite two to three times uh, a day so that they don't forget what the Lord our God has done for their forefathers. And I do that to remind myself to be God-centered before I start the day. So I may be more mindful of God, as you know from my previous episode, that I'm not very mindful of God at all. So I'm working on it, right? In episode two, I talked about contemplative prayers like Lectio Divina and Ignatius Contemplation. I will include links in my show notes so that listeners may find out more about them and how to go about praying them. For my reflections um, that follow, I use the prayer of Lectio Divina, which is a way in praying with sacred scripture. 
I like Lecture Divina because you know what? I get to encounter Christ each and every time since it is a conversation with Him by definition, right? If you haven't tried it, I would strongly recommend that you give it a shot, okay? Now, in terms of timing for the Shema, I would like to pray it um, every morning. It literally takes a minute or less to say it a couple of times. For the Lord's Prayer and the Rosary, I pray to them whenever I can, but typically towards the end of the day when I get to lift up my prayers for others who might keep in my thoughts and prayers, for example. And for Lecture Divina, now this I need to block out at least an hour a day to do it. In the interest of disclosure, I want to say this, right, my friends, I am not an expert in prayer. So I won't say too much about it, but this is this is what I do, right? And I would suggest uh, if any one of you who are keen to uh, you know to know more the next steps, I would suggest that you speak to your spiritual director, your priest, or your pastor to find out more from your parish or your church. Again, uh, I will provide some links for the prayers that I pray uh, in my website. I hope that helps. Again, friends, if you have any suggestions, comments, or feedback, or if you have anything you would like to share, like your own personal experience or encounter with God, please feel free to drop me a line at my website. And thank you for that. Now, without further ado, in this episode, I am going to tell you three stories of mine as part of my reflection. And the scripture reading from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23, which inspired my reflections. The first reflection goes way, way, way back when I was a toddler. Whenever I catch a high fever, it was often touch and go until I became older. But until then, I can be a handful. I don't know what caused the fever, I asked, and neither does my mother remember the cause. But for those who are parents with young children, you know that young children and persistent high fever, not a good combination, right? Things could go wrong very quickly. Now, my parents and my late grandmother, my ama, right, they would often be stressed out whenever I had fever. According to my mother, my body visibly changed color and my eyes would roll over showing the white portion of my pupil. Not a pleasant image to register. In fact, when that happens, they were concerned that I may not be able to make it alive. So according to my mother, my ama, uh, my late grandmother, would get a soup spoon ready in case I start biting my tongue. And that sounds very serious, right? I do remember vaguely though, but that sounds pretty awful. I cannot imagine the agony I must have put them through the ordeal. But I do remember vaguely, though, that my parents were always busy when I had a fever. I mean, they were busy doing all they could to help me cool down. I remember that um, they would give me cold showers, douse me down with ice cubes wrapped in towels, with my naked skin exposed directly under the fan. There was no air conditioning then, right? And, And the works. I mean, they were doing all they could to keep me out of danger. And thank goodness for my parents. They sustained me long enough so that my body was able to fight back and overcome the fever. And I came out of it unscathed, but not without a scare each and every time. So that was kind of my first brush with death that I can remember. Now, a few years passed, and according to my mother, it seems that I've been able to cope with the fever better as I've grown older. So that fever was no longer a risk factor anymore, right? So one day, we had a family outing at the club. 
and everyone was doing that thing, having a good time. And I was happily swimming at the pool when suddenly my legs got cramped up. I was in pain and couldn't move my legs. And when you stop paddling in the water, that's only one direction you're heading. And I was going down. I remember flapping my arms furiously trying to stay afloat. And after what seems like an eternity, I started to drown. I was sinking, taking gulps of water with me as I was going down. And just as I find myself getting defeated by this massive force of water engulfing me, a hand caught my arm in the nick of time and pulled me out of the water. As it turns out, it was my dad who came to my rescue. Now, things could have turned out very differently had my father not been there at the right time, at the right place. I mean, he could have been anywhere else at the time. He could have been in the toilet, getting food, you know, uh, staying in line or doing something else or whatever. But he was there looking out for me, watching my back. And here's the thing. Can parents be there all the time to catch their kids whenever they fall? At any time, any place, all the time? It's impossible. So that was my second brush with death. Now let's fast forward to my college days in Canada. One morning as I was driving up the bridge, um, taking me from Vancouver to Richmond, somehow I drove over a patch of oil in my lane and my car immediately skidded out of control. The ABS was not very helpful at all. and In fact, it felt like I was skidding on ice with no friction holding me onto the road. And all these happened so quickly that it may not be fearful at the time, but on hindsight, however, it was pretty scary because, you know, the bridge had a two-way traffic with no divider in between. So the danger was I could crash into the oncoming traffic that was heading in the opposite direction from me. And on top of that, the bridge was curved, so there was a bend. In other words, I could not just let my car ride it out and give it time for the tires to regain traction. So not surprisingly, my car veered off from the bend and crashed into the railings on the other side of the bridge. Now, as my car was fast approaching the railings, for a fleeting moment, I remember thinking, Man, this is it. Game over. If the railing wasn't strong enough to stop my car, there was no doubt in my mind that I would have gone off the bridge right there, right then. But, obviously, it was not meant to be. As my car hit the railings, it spun around a few times before coming to a full and complete stop. Fortunately, this took place early in the morning, so, there were not too many cars on the road. That's one thing. Secondly, no one was walking on either side of the bridge. And I was not injured thanks to my seatbelt. So, there was no collateral damage really, other than my car and perhaps the railings. And that was a really good outcome given the circumstance. My car did bear the brunt of the damage from the accident. So, this time around, my parents were nowhere to be found. And even if they were, it's not going to make any difference. As time passed, I had totally forgotten about the accident. 
but a guided prayer reflections a couple of years ago, specifically a Lectio Divina guided prayer in Singapore, helped connect the dots back together again for me. Because truth be told, I was very blessed. Someone was definitely looking out for me, watching my back. Now, the scripture reading that inspired my reflection for this episode is from the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. Once again, that's John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. Let me read that out for you. Now, if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to read along with me. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. End of reading. Now, there's a lot packed in this passage, but after praying over it using um, Lecture Divina, verse 19 really stood out for me, and it reads, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus came and stood among them. So this verse 19 reminds me of uh, four takeaways about God. One, God is omniscient. He knows everything. Two, God is omnipotent. He is almighty and all-powerful. Three, God is omnipresent. He is present everywhere and anywhere. Four, God is always forgiving. First thing Jesus said to his disciples, Shalom, peace be with you. Let's unpack that. So God knows us intimately. He knows our thoughts, our hearts, our sufferings, our joy, everything. Just as Jesus came to reassure his disciples, precisely knowing their fears, their shame, and their doubts. I mean, they went into hiding after Jesus' arrest. And Peter, as you remember, disowned Jesus three times. And some of them doubted Mary and the women who came back from the tomb and told them about what they saw. So Jesus came after rising from the dead. He came through doors that were locked. That tells me that nothing can ever prevent God from being with us to be in our midst, except maybe us. Isn't that ironic? God can never reject us, yet we reject him time and time again, just because he gave us the gift of free will right? And so the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples, peace be with you. Now that is so powerful on so many levels. Here's the context, right? Jesus was persecuted by everyone on the cross, by our rejection of Christ when we sin. And yet after his resurrection, when he came for his disciples, the first thing he said to them, shalom. I forgive you. Now I want you to forgive others in my name just as I have forgiven you. 
How beautiful is that? God is always forgiving so that the disciples may have the peace they need before setting off in proclaiming the good news to the ends of the earth. And Jesus said it again, peace be with you. So let's unpack that a little bit. Shalom is known to be a customary Jewish greeting that we know. It's kind of like, um, how's it going, right? <laughs> but there is a deeper meaning to it, right? Which is, which is the essence of our Christian peace, where faith would bring about hope and hope will give us peace. Now, faith as we know it um, is our belief in the fullness of truth as revealed by Jesus. So even though we might be unable to see it or hasn't taken place yet, but this mystery of faith gives us hope because we believe, right? And this hope in turn gives us the inner peace that we experience because we no longer are fearful of the unknown, especially when we surrender ourselves fully to God. And God is all good as we know it, right? And that is shalom for you. Now, on another level, it is also the forgiveness that the disciples needed, as I alluded to moments ago, for having been ashamed, for having you know, lost their faith even for a moment during Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. Some scholars think that along with this forgiveness, Jesus also instituted the sacrament of reconciliation here, as seen in verse 23. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. There is so much packed into this passage alone. Can you see? The Bible is so rich in content and in meaning, right? Now, let me connect the dots to my personal reflection for this episode. Again, um, the verse that stood out for me was verse 19. Jesus came and stood among them. Well, where Jesus was revealing his divinity to his disciples in the same way Lectio Divina has revealed Jesus' divinity and uh, sovereignty to me in my contemplation. You see, all three of my reflection happen to be my near-death experiences. And if you ask me, that's one too many times for comfort. I almost died many times over as a toddler whenever I had fever. A few years later, although my body could not better cope with fever, I nearly drowned while swimming at a pool. And in my college years, I had a spectacular car crash on an overhead bridge, which could have killed me right there and then. Now, on any one of these incidents, things could have gone either way. But in every case, it went my way. I mean, why? Why did it go my way? Were they merely coincidence? Was I just lucky? Well, in my mind, if they recur time and time again, then it would be really difficult to argue that they were merely coincidental. Now, all the stories shared in my reflection took place well before I was baptized as a Christian. In other words, I did not know Jesus. I was not following him. And I definitely was not keeping his word whatsoever. In fact, I was living an entirely worldly life back then. But you know what? That did not matter. What mattered was he knew me. He overlooks my imperfections, my absolute unworthiness, and he came for me. Not once, not twice, but three times, at least. Now that is pure grace. 
All these years, he was watching my back and saving my behind time and time again. And he did all that before I even knew him. But he knew me. To me, that's pretty profound. On a theological level, I can now see that God knew me way before I was born again. It reminds me of Jeremiah 1 verse 5 when God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. In that sense, God truly knows all of us even before we were conceived in our mother's wombs. And on the same vein, in Ephesians 1 verse 4, St. Paul tells us that God chose us in Christ before the world was made. I mean, how profound is that? Not only does God know everything, He chose us even before the world was created. That's, that's crazy, man. So taking all that into context, how can I not come away feeling extremely fortunate? In fact, truly blessed. And for that, I am so grateful that Jesus, my Lord and Shepherd, called me out and patiently waited for me to respond to his call. I mean, I was not baptized until I was in my 40s. And so prior to that, I did not know Jesus at all. You can say that I was drawn to Jesus completely by grace, through no merits of mine whatsoever. Zero, nada, zilch. By grace, I was saved, and by grace, I was chosen and protected by Jesus until I came around. Now, how I got converted is a story for another day. But for now, I hope my stories in this episode could inspire you in some way to get to know Jesus better. And for those who may be searching for him, I pray that you may experience the fullness of God's love just like I have and beyond. Because let me tell you, God is with us. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. And he is always forgiving. Above all, God is is generous in giving his graces to everyone and anyone, freely and for free. And as I respond to his call in following his path, I invite you to walk with Christ today. Pick up the Bible and listen to what he's got to say. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening to the Setting Apart podcast. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe and get notified so you won't miss any new episodes. And please feel free to give me your ratings and reviews so that others may get to listen as well. Thank you and God bless.